Welcome and thank you for visiting us for today's message by Dr. R.L. Davis. For more information regarding our ministry, please stay tuned until after the following message. So the message this morning is a little bit different. Psalms 103 and verse 12. It has a very positive aspect and a severely negative one. And that's just the way it's turning out today. Verse 12. I want you to read it with me. Are you ready? As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Hallelujah! Man, I had a pickup load of transgressions. Didn't you? Maybe a semi-load. Maybe a boxcar load. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions or our sins from us. That ought to make every saint shout today. Praise God. What are you talking about? What sins are you talking about? Well, Lord, you know. No, no he doesn't know. Everybody say, the Lord doesn't know. <laughs> now, I've been on an airplane and traveled 20,000 miles many times. And I still don't know where the east is from the west. I can't. Because when I get over there, then it's back here. So I think the point is, you can't find them. You can't find the transgressions of the saints. Therefore, we must be different than the sinners of the world. Hallelujah. Now, let's jump back to verse 2 of that same chapter today. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives? How many? All. All thine iniquities. Who heals? All thy diseases. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. So let's don't forget the benefits of serving the Lord. Amen. Why? Well, he forgives all of our sins. You have to repent, you understand, and ask for forgiveness, but is that such a big thing? No. Amen. So he forgives all. Say all again, please. There isn't anything that Satan can accuse you with if you're washed in the blood and in the light of the gospel. Now, people may. Uh, it doesn't matter what people think about you. What does the man think about you? See, that's the deal. Now, this is made possible today, as you know, because of Jesus' faith and obedience. There was a supreme price that was paid so that we could have the pardon. In Philippians 2 and verse 8, praise the Lord. 
Thank you, Lord, for your word. In Jesus' name, praise God. Philippians 2.8, the Bible says, this is talking about the Son of God, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And that's the little statement that we said at the school, is that the Son of God went to the cross to die so that we could receive eternal life and get into heaven. That was it. And not any opposition whatsoever on school time. You know what? That is a miracle because that's really shunned. But I think things are getting ready to change. Everybody say change. Praise God. The greatest gift of all is to receive the cleansing of all unrighteousness. But it, it costs God his best, and he was willing to give his best. Furthermore, the son was willing to obey in faith what the father wanted, which was to go to the cross so that we could be forgiven of all sins and all iniquities for all eternity. In other words, God forgets. He can't remember them anymore. They've been taken away as far as the east is from the west, removed, gone. Praise God. Then in Hebrews 12, 2, hallelujah. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Now, if that had been me, that wouldn't have been very much of a happy time. It had been shock. But for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has set down the right hand of the throne of God. In other words, he went up after he finished his work on the cross, death, burial, and resurrection. He ascended to the Father God, set on the right hand of the Father God, until all enemies are made his footstool. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Praise God. No more dying. Won't that be a wonderful time? It will be. So this is the reason that God can legally forgive our sins with no penalty attached. Secondly, no penance is required. In other words, we don't have to work and try to merit God's forgiveness. It's a free gift. Hallelujah. Who would want to pass up on a deal like that? Uh, you'd have to be a demon possessed, really. And so, then we look at Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 25. Praise the Lord God. Isaiah 43, 25. Well, this is a good scripture. I want everybody to claim this in Jesus' name. After I get through reading it, I want you to say, I claim that scripture in Jesus' name. You got it? And I want you to say it, please. I, even I, am he that blots out thy transgressions for my own sake, and will not remember thy sins. One more time, everybody. One more time, everybody. Wake up, everybody. We claim that scripture in Jesus' name. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
He said, I will not remember your sins. In other words, God has the ability to know all things at the same time and yet has the ability to forget what he wants to forget. Now, we don't have that capability or capacity. We say we forgive and forget, but we don't forget. It's put on a shelf back there in case we want to pull it out of that that, uh, closed door in our mind and throw it up in somebody's face again. Hello. But God's not that way. When He forgives, He forgets. Permanent. For all eternity. Praise God. That's the reason nobody can lay a charge against the child of God. Hallelujah. We're declared innocent, justified, like there's never been a trial. The old song we used to sing, what sins are you talking about? I don't remember them anymore. Praise God. Hallelujah. Then, of course, we go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 13. Hallelujah to God. Then Paul exhorts us and he says this, But you, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. Now, so, because we have been made right in the sight of God, we have some good works. You see, faith always produces some good works, without exception. And it produces some fruit also. So, the charge now to the believer is, don't be weary in serving God. Don't be weary in well-doing. Don't be weary and, you know, miss out on what God has for us. A lot of people run the race, but there's only a few that really finish the race. Paul said that he had finished the race. He had kept the faith. And that's our goal, to finish the race and to keep the faith. Amen. But it's up to you. God will do his part to help us, but we still have a part to play in being successful. The, the, the warning is, do not be weary in well-doing. Then we go to a, a verse of Scripture in Micah that people have forgot about in chapter 6 of the book of Micah. I know most of us can't find it, and the only reason I can is because I'm using an iPad here. I could find it, but... Uh, I've gotten used to this thing. This is what God requires of every person here that claims to be a Christian and is a real Christian. Okay? God requires this. He has showed thee, O man. Have you found it on the computer in Micah 6 8? Sorry about that. Micah 6 8. You might want to underline that in your Bible if you can find it there. He has showed thee, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you. But do justly. Be fair. Uh, Love mercy. And walk humbly with your God. That's it. Do good. Do justly. Love mercy. And simply walk with your God. However, 
even when we walk in with our God and, and, and walking in this, this scripture, we can still get weary. We can become weary even in the work of God and doing good things for people. We can get weary. And we've got to, we've got to watch that because there's a danger. Uh, in John 6, 66, St. John. Hallelujah. Because, you see, even when we're walking with the Lord and we're in the will of God, doing our best uh, to please God, not that we're under a bunch of law-keeping and rules and regulations, but, you know, just working for the Lord week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade, century after century. <laughs> you all in such a good mood today, I tell you. <laughs> John 6, 66 says, From that time, many of his disciples went back. Everybody say, uh-oh. They went back and walked no more with him. That tells us that disciples and believers can cease from walking with the Savior. Therefore, Micah We've violated that scripture. We are to walk humbly with thy God, not to be arrogant or puffed up, no, but just simply be real. The community is looking for believers that are just real. Not a bunch of fakes, just real. Not perfect, but just forgiven. And if we're forgiven and we understand that concept, don't we want everybody else to be forgiven? How much do we have to hate people to not want them to be forgiven. If we love people, we will want them to find forgiveness. Because if they don't, they're not going to make it. It's up to us to send the light, to share the good news. Praise God. Because we have the light and we have the good news. The danger is, everybody, if these disciples went back and walked no more with Jesus, it can happen today. It's sad to say it does happen. It should never happen. And it can happen when you're working for God, doing everything you know that he, in His will, and still you get weary and you cease to walk with Him. You lag behind to the point that you can't hear His voice. And that's where the Holy Spirit has to come and help us if you want Him to. Now, in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 4, praise the Lord. This is not a long message today. I didn't get any sleep last night. Hallelujah. So, Revelation 2 and verse 4. When a person ceases to walk with God and they go back, this is one of the results Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you because you've left your first love. Now, here's the point. Everybody. everybody say, here's the point. God does not leave us. He promised to never leave us nor forsake us. But we can leave Him by simply not walking humbly with God, by becoming too overworked in the ministry. You hear what I'm saying? Paul had to leave a disciple sick because he overworked himself in the ministry. 
Hey, I think I just feel a vacation coming on. Hallelujah. Vacation time. Now, the pastor's usually here and everybody else is on vacation. But one of these days, I won't be here. I'll be gone. <laughs> Remember, therefore, verse 5, from whence you are fallen. Uh-oh. Well, no, you can't fall from grace. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> then why is it in here? Why did Paul write in most of the New Testament to warn about the pitfalls of falling from grace and lagging behind in the race and forgetting we were purged from our old sins? No. Repent. And do your first works. Or else I will come quickly and remove the candlestick out of the place. Uh-oh. Except you repent. So, the negative we know, but the positive is repentance. If a believer, he was writing to the church. Can I get an amen? He was writing to the church. The condition is, if we repent and get back in the fellowship and the grace of God, then everything's fine. But you've got to first realize that you've left your first love. It can happen real easy. Now, let's take a peek at uh, a peek at Second Peter 3.17. Let's take a peek at that. I like that word, peek. Amen. Second Peter 3.17. You therefore, beloved, he's writing to the church. This Bible is written to believers. Does everybody remember a guy by the name of Mac uh, Evans out of Joplin? He said one time, this Bible is for sinners only. I want you to know that's not correct. They tried to burn it. Put it on their table just to write marriages in. That's it. You know, the Bible is for believers only. Now, sinners have access, but they can't understand it until they're born again. Then they've got to be taught what it means. So you've got to trust somebody sometime. All right? God won't fail you. Therefore, beloved, see ye know these things before. Beware lest you also being led away with the error of the wicked... Fall from your own steadfastness. The wicked are constantly trying to lead you astray. And that's one reason the pastor must watch over your soul. He must give an account. He's charged and commanded to watch over your soul. Oh, you don't even have a pastor, see? I want us to realize that the wicked are trying to get us to turn aside to another way. There is no other way to walk other than Christ Jesus in the gospel. And then the result is to fall from your steadfastness. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm standing on the rock now. I'm steadfast. Uh, boast not thyself of tomorrow. Thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Amen. Uh, consider yourself, lest you're also tempted. And on and on we can go. 
So we will humbly walk with the Lord and trust Him to help us to stay on the straight and narrow. But when you begin to think, oh yeah, I'm steadfast, I can do it, blah, 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 this and that, uh, you're weak. Because the Bible says, when you're weak, you'll become strong. All this boasting stuff doesn't mean nothing to the devil. Amen. We need to be careful that we don't fall from our own steadfastness. Amen. Then in Matthew 6.20 today, praise the Lord. By the grace of God, we're steadfast, all right? Matthew 6.20. There it is. Now here's what the Lord wants us to do. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Praise God. Do you know if you even give a cup of cold water to a prophet, you have a prophet's reward? Do you understand that? Do you understand that every one of you that has part in this ministry that the world says is small, it isn't small. I'm going to tell you right now. That you have a part and paydays come in. And God's going to reward you for your faithfulness. Praise God. So be glad you're a part of something that's a New Testament and not just a man-made organization. It doesn't mean anything. It's not going to go anywhere. But the ministry of Christ is what really matters. And we're linked to it. We're linked to it. Now, because we're born again, our sins are forgiven, we're walking with the Lord, He wants us to lay up some treasures in heaven. Like, for example, over, over to the school, uh, those who participated here from the church. Uh, it doesn't seem like a large thing, but you know what? We laid up some treasures in heaven. It's all been written down. Everything that we do that's considered a good work because we love God and we, we, we care about folk, it's all written down in a book. Everything. And one day... It's all going to be tallied up, and we're going to receive our rewards. And Daniel says, some will shine like the sun, moon, and stars. Different degrees of rewards in eternity. Just like there'll be different degrees of punishment in hell. Well, I'm not interested in that. Uh, I will say this. If some of you don't get with it, you're going to be shining my boots for the first thousand years. The problem is, we'll all wear sandals. I don't like sandals. Oh, you'll like these. The Lord told me something about those horses we're going to ride. How many can ride a horse? Anybody? How about an iron horse? Mike, can you ride an iron horse? (laughs) We're all going to get a white horse, a war horse to ride, and that horse will be ours for all eternity. I want you to think about that. Not just a little trip back to the earth after tribulation. No, for all eternity, that horse is yours. You won't have to feed him. You won't have to groom him. And you sure won't have to shovel anything that happens. You say, oh, you're joshing me. No. One way we're going to travel is ride a horse. You think a horse is just going to burn hay for eternity? No. We're going to ride a horse wherever we want to go. He travels faster than a speeding bullet. It's more powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap clouds. Oh, never mind. I'm telling my age here. 
folks. Think as big as you can think, and God's plan is bigger than that. Praise God. A horse that can fly, man. Hallelujah. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For neither moth nor rust does corrupt. Think about this world. Everything we get gets old. It tears up. Have you noticed that? Everything. Cars break down and, you know, clothes wear out and houses need maintenance and on and on we can go. Teeth get cavities and on and on we can go. But when we're laying up treasures in heaven, none of that's there. There's no corruption in heaven like in Congress. Hello. But I'm nice today. Where thieves do not break through nor steal. Well, thank God. Every good work that we have laid up in heaven cannot be stolen. The devil has to keep his hands off our good works. Our good works will be laid at the feet of the Savior in honor of his work. Praise God. He's going to say in that day, Well done, you good and faithful servant. Servant. Praise God. You're going to have to serve somebody sometime. It might be the devil and it might be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Right, Monty? Everybody's in a good mood today. What's the matter? Didn't you get any sleep? I mean, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. How do we do that? Do something for God. Can God count on you? Do something for God. I don't care what it is. Just do something. Praise God. The danger is doing too much. Now listen to me. Oh boy. I don't like church entity. Because in church entity, people work themselves to death and they burn out. That isn't God's way of doing things. So around here, if that begins to happen to somebody and we don't have anybody to take your place, it'll not get done. Is that fair? Well, I wish God would do something. Well, maybe you're the one. You ever think about that? Maybe you're the one going to get an opportunity to do something. Praise God. If you had an opportunity to work in the church, would you take it? Well, I can't do it. Will you be quiet? I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I tell you what, if God's put talent and abilities, giftings in you, he'll tell the pastor, well, by the way, that's me. And we will know what you need to be doing because you don't know yet. So it's my job to pull that gift out of you and put you in a place where you can do something for Christ and receive good work come Judgment Day rewards. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's the way that it works in the church. But there is a severe warning. Everybody say it's a warning coming. And I've got to give it to you in Ezekiel. Uh, this is just the way it turned out today. And so we just have to deliver the mail. Ezekiel 3.20. Now, if you're a born-again Christian, everybody, you are righteous. You know that? You are righteous before the Lord. It isn't a self-righteous thing. You're made righteous through Christ's righteousness. It's imparted and implanted into you. 
But the warning here is, when a righteous man does turn from his righteousness, uh-oh, and commit iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he should die. Because you have not given him warning. So I'm giving everybody warning all the time I do. The prophet goes on to say, he should die in his sins. And his righteousness, which he has done, shall not be remembered. But his blood I require at your hand. Now this is one of the burdens of even a New Testament prophet. But you see, here's the point I want to look at here this morning. If a believer... Let me put it this, how can I put it? If a person is counted as righteous, which is a believer, born in the Spirit of God, that believer must not return to a life of sin and live in sin. Especially die in that sin. Now, folks, this is very serious. Because we need some assurance when that time comes, unless we're raptured out of here. We need to be sure now that our iniquities and sins are gone, even at that very moment. We need to be sure. Because the Bible says again, everybody say the Bible says, He should die in his sins. So this righteous man goes back and begins to live like he did before he got saved. Living in sin. That was killing him to start with. If he dies in that condition, his righteousness will that he hath done shall not be remembered. Now here's the big point. All the good works. This this is tough. But all the good works. We can serve God 40 years. 50 years. And pile up a bunch of good works. And then get weary and fall away, backslide, and lose it all. If God can forgive our sins and forget our sins, here's the negative. If we get away from the Lord to the point that we've fallen from grace and left our first love, hello somebody. God says, I won't remember your righteous deeds that you did. They're all gone. And we're not necessarily talking about losing our salvation, but you could. I don't want to run the race and then backslide and lose all my good works. Well, that's what the Bible is teaching right here. So if that's happened to you, thank God you're back in the grace of God. But now it's time to pile up some good works because you lost them all. I wished it wasn't so. The Lord said, The righteousness of the good works which he has done shall not be remembered. Does everybody see that? Do we understand that? Here is the warning to every Christian today. Beware of the wicked that are trying to pull you to the left, pull you to the right, pull you to another gospel, accept another Jesus. No! There's only one. Only one way to eternal life. Only one way to salvation. And that's Christ alone. The hope of glory. So, 
by the grace of God, we're not going to ever get in this situation. But even if a believer does, God forbid, but even if a believer does, they can still repent and come back to Christ, and he'll take them back every single time. That's one reason why he died for his people. When they brought those sacrifices in the Old Testament there, it wasn't for the Philistines. It wasn't for the Nephilim. It was for God's people, the Jews. Because they couldn't go a year without sinning. Someone said even today, I can't go a day without sinning. Well, could you go 30 minutes? Well, I don't know. Could you go five minutes? How about a minute? Can you go a minute without sinning? Well, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I can go a minute without sinning. If that's where you are, here's my suggestion to you, child of God. Live your life one minute at a time. Praise God. I know none of us are absolutely perfect and, and none of us have confessed the sin nature out of us yet. God's got you covered. Just don't turn away from the gospel. Don't turn away from your Lord. Don't turn away from the church. Don't turn away from the truth. Believe a lie and be damned in the end. You hear what I'm saying? It's possible to fall from grace. So guard your heart at all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Don't listen to every false prophet. I was listening to one on the, on the internet that, that said that, that uh, oh, well, I don't know. I guess everybody's going to get into heaven. You know, God's breathed his life into everybody on this earth. No, he hasn't. You've got to be born again. So that's false prophet that smiles out of Texas. And then he says, well, he was asked the question, well, will, will gays get into heaven? Well, now, I'm not going to judge yet because you know God accepts us like we are. He may accept us like, like we are, like we were, but he doesn't leave us that way. Well, you know, pride's a sin and, you know, stealing's a sin. And so he, he categorized everything and so, you know, he that's without sin can throw a first stone. Well, nobody is perfectly without sin, and so therefore we can't throw stones. But there are some requirements. A believer can fall and lose everything and walk no more with the Savior and lose out with God. And here would be the awful hell of this thing. Is everybody listening to me? The awful hell of this thing is to know God, to know the power of the Holy Ghost, to know the powers of the world to come, to walk with Christ, to be used in the ministry, and all the power of the Holy Ghost work miracles, and still die and go to hell because of rebellion. It's, it'd be, it would be one thing for a person to go to hell that didn't know. But another thing to know and then lose out, it'd be awful. Those flames in hell, don't you ever forget it. By the grace of God, we'll never smell hell. I'll tell you what, it's a real place. People are going there by the thousands every day. You hear what this preacher is saying? Every day people are going to hell. Because the church will not rise up and snatch a few of them out of the fire. What good works will we have to show come judgment day? Don't we care anything? Witness. Tell people, are you ashamed of Jesus? You know what he said? If we'd be ashamed of him on the earth, he'd be ashamed of us before the Father God. 
If we don't confess him on earth to men, he will not confess us to the Father God. That means you're going to hell. Folks, this thing is real, real serious. And I joke around quite a bit and enjoy my salvation and enjoy the Holy Ghost and everything. But when it's all said and done, it's very serious. Because it's a matter of life and death. Heaven or hell. So what do we do? Well, why should God let us into heaven anyway? Well, there's only one reason. Only one reason. Lord, you forgot about my sins. Your word says. Doors open. Why should you let us in? Well, the blood was applied. The blood was applied to our life. That's the only reason any of us will get in. The blood of Christ was applied to our life. And hopefully, by the grace of God, we'll have some good works to lay before the feet of the Savior and receive our rewards come judgment day. Now here's the deal. Let's say you do a bunch of good works and you feed poor people and everything, then you get saved. All of that means nothing. Hear what I said? We cannot carry good works past the cross because you weren't born again. It doesn't apply to you. But neither does your sins. So at the moment of conversion, when you come to Christ and accept His cross, there's when you begin to build on a good foundation and lay out treasures in heaven. It starts at the cross. I don't care what you did in the past. It, it, it's all been forgiven. I said it's all been forgiven, taken care of. But the good stuff you did will not carry over. It starts at the cross. Some of you were saved when you were younger, and that's good. You got, hopefully you've got years and years to lay up some treasures in heaven. Be busy about the Master's work. What do you say? So then the last scripture this morning is 2 Corinthians 6, 2. And praise the Lord. Okay. He says, I've heard you at a time accepted. In the day of salvation have I helped thee, succored thee, helped thee. Behold now is accepted time. And behold, now is the day of salvation. For those that may be wrestling with this, don't put it off. Don't put it off. Just putting off salvation is sin. Because you're saying, oh Lord, you don't know what you're doing. No, he knows what he's doing. If he's calling to you, Don't turn him away. Don't turn a deaf ear. Paul preached to a person one time and and he said, Paul, you almost persuaded me to be a Christian. Come back at a more convenient time and I'll hear you again about this resurrected Jesus. It never happened. Here I stand, open hands.
We hope you enjoyed today's message by Zion Word Ministries International. For more information regarding our ministry, please visit us online at zwmi.com. Cause I'm out of